This is Tom Harvey, the Economy Guy. Welcome to the world of macroeconomics and how it affects you. I am looking at the world's economics, trying to interpret them, and more importantly, wondering where they are going and what they are going to do to us in particular. So this is your window into that world. I don't give any personal financial advice. I just give information and facts as I see them, and occasionally my opinions. I want this to be an educational show for you, so you can learn to think for yourself and make your own great financial decisions. Please enjoy it, and welcome. It is Sunday, May 9th, and this is The Economy Guy coming your way for another wrap-up of an exciting week. Happy Mother's Day. That's what it is today. I hope you all treated your mothers very well today. So, uh, I have five segments I'm going to cover today with you. I'm going to start with some tidbits of U.S. data that's going on. Just hit various little things that are happening across the U.S. Give you a flavor of the economy of the United States. Second, I'm going to review the uh, market wrap. What happened in the markets over the week. Third, I'm going to have a European review. Oh, there's a lot that's been going on in Europe, and I want to get, kind of put it in perspective, let you understand what's going on over there, see if you can understand how that might affect us or might the, what the future may hold. Fourth, I will be uh, talking about some future, a couple of future predictions. So it, oh, that's always dangerous to talk about predictions, but since it's in the future, who cares? It's... Uh, in, you're always wrong. So, and five and last segment will be the uh, six precursors to a market crash. Review all six of those. See what happened this last week, if anything changed. And uh, with that, let's get on with segment one. And segment one is tidbits in the U.S. economy. Little, neat little things to know about. Let's talk about one that's truly fascinating. The birth rate of the United States this year is down 4%. And guess what that means? As of right now, we are a declining nation. We are not replenishing. In other words, more people are dying than are being born in the United States right now. Now, that's not due to COVID, in my opinion, at all. It is due to the millennials. The millennials are the birth-giving group and it appears that millennials have decided to wait to have children. So they're going to wait to have children. That means that children are not being born at uh, rates that happened previously. Kind of interesting. Uh, lots of implications for the future. Lots. Okay, the U.S. economy, the GDP has recovered. The GDP of the United States today is what it was pre-COVID. Yes, it is. Doesn't look like it, but it is. We're a different economy. The total GDP as a number is back. But jobs are not back. We have a, an, an unemployment problem. And uh, it will be a big political issue for the future, in my opinion. Um, one of the things that's going along with that jobs problem is that, as you can see, the service sector is the lagging sector. It's, that's the, where jobs used to be and are no longer there as the service sector very slowly reopens. It is reopening, but slowly. 
<clears throat> an inflation of wages is happening in the service sector as there's a real demand for workers to come back. Uh, employers are offering more money and that will push prices up. So there's another in inflationary push that's coming our way. And as more and more of the service sector opens up and more and more people are paid more money, you're going to pay more too. Okay. Unemployment claims <clears throat> started down in January of 2021, four months ago. And they've been going down at the rate of 100,000 people claim less claims every month. So it started at a million. It's currently 600,000 claims for the last month. That trend should basically continue. That's, that's good. It's slow, but it's good. There's, but even with that claim, there are about 20 million people in the United States who are unemployed. That's a, uh, a large number. Therein lies the economic problem and economic potential for the future. Because when those people do become employed, and I'm looking at this very optimistically, there'll be another jolt to the economy, pushing it higher, pushing it higher. So here's the bad news. The COVID has cost about 150,000 businesses to go bankrupt across the United States. 150,000. That's terrible because they will not, these are ones that won't reopen. These have really gone out. But there is a bright, a bright ending to this little story. And that is, that means there are 150,000 entrepreneurs wanting a fresh start. And I wish them the very best. Let's go on to segment two now. And segment two is a review of the markets from last week. Let's start with stock market. I use the Dow as my indicator here. It closed at 34,778. That's about 900 points higher than the previous week. A massive jump, a new record, new records being hit by the stocks, stock market. So lots of enthusiasm in the stock market. A lot of money in the stock market. 10-year Treasury bond it ended the week at 1.577. That's down from 1.631 the previous week. Uh, surprised me. I thought the previous week we would continue up a little bit. We did not. That tells me that we are in a, a side trend right now for the bond uh, interest yield. And uh, we'll stay there until the market decides to go up or down out of this trend. But it appears to be, you know, between, say, 1.4, 1.7 is the uh, that is the the top and bottom of this trend. It, once it breaks above or below either of those, we'll see where that that we, that trend has been broken. Uh, oil, sixty-five dollars a barrel, was sixty-three fifty. Gone up a little bit during the week. Uh, not good for people who like to buy anything because oil is in everything. So, and it's uh, right at my get interested now because it's it's higher. If it breaks above 65, 65 it's, it's uh, moving higher and it, it will be inflationary. The U.S. dollar, 121.67 to the euro was 120. So it actually weakened against the uh, euro, very interesting, but it uh, 
and it weakened against the pound, but it strengthened against the yen. It's kind of strange. What the heck's going on there? Uh, so that tells me uh, the dollar is uh, sliding sideways. Let's see if it continues to slide. And he has to get to about 123 with the euro. And I get really excited and say, watch out below because the dollar is then will have fallen out of its channel and, uh, and could set some new low values, which would be inflationary, highly inflationary to the United States. Gold ended the week at 1832. It was 1776 the previous week. That's a $62 rise in the week. That's a wow. Gold was the big winner in the week. So it is a blue through. It, it, it has tested the 1800. The even $100 barriers 1700, 1800, 1900, 2000, are psychological barriers that the price has a great difficulty going through. It tested the 1800 barrier about five or six times in this last week. And finally, it blew through it like it was not there. But that's the way markets work. When they are going to go through it, they test mark, test levels and then destroy levels. That's it for the market. Kind of an interesting week for the market. Let's get on to segment number three. And on to segment number three. What's going on in Europe? That's, this is kind of serious over there. Let's start with France. President Macron has accused the United States and the UK of hoarding the vaccine. Uh, this is a, a, in my opinion, my, my interpretation of this is he is desperate. He is uh, coming up for a re-election next year. And uh, he is uh, he's not looking really favorable right now. A lot of people do not like the way he has handled the virus. And anybody that handled the coronavirus is in trouble, in my opinion, anywhere in the world. He's one of them. I mean, he's fighting back, but his way is to accuse other people of the problem. And that's what exactly what he's doing. Let's move on to Scotland. Scotland <clears throat> voted for their parliamentary seats in uh, in Scotland. And there's one party that wants to be independent of the UK, and that is the SNP, the Scottish National Party. And uh, they had the election and they failed by one seat to have a majority, just one. So an a vote of independence in Scotland won't be happening because they will not be taking the government. But perhaps in the future, it a, was a very, very close thing. It could have gone the other way. You see, in 2014, the Scots voted no to leaving the UK with about a 10% majority of the people. But um, Brexit came along and the Scots felt betrayed because they did not want to exit. Scotland wanted to stay in Europe. Uh, Eng the English, who voted overwhelmingly for Brexit, took them out and took all of the UK out. So uh, when... Scotland looks for independence, you can probably think that they'll rejoin the European Union. That's a, a good bet today, but who knows what the future holds. And here's a, a conundrum for you. If Scotland goes, will Northern Ireland go as the next thing to fall out of the United Kingdom? Because there's a lot of talk of them rejoining Ireland and having a single Irish island, North and South, as one government. Uh, a lot has to happen for that to 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 be there, but there is a lot of movement in that direction right now. Lots of changes in Europe. The German federal elections are coming up on 
September 26th of this year. That will determine the new Prime Minister for Germany. So Merkel is out. A new person will be in. Well, they had a uh, some kind of regional elections recently, and the Green Party won more than they've ever won in their history. And if that spills over into the September 26th election, the Greens have a real shot at forming a coalition government in Germany. And no one knows what will that, that will happen because they have never had any power in German government before. They've been a voice. They've uh, been, you know, active and protesting and things. But to actually run a country is very different. So something to watch. Again, Germany. Now, one of the issues in Germany is the lack of vaccine. Naturally, the people to blame for that is the European Commission, who screwed up the negotiations for it. But clearly the German Chancellor and her party are being blamed. So that could help the Greens in that election. And last but not least, a piece of levity. A French bottle of wine is going to be auctioned off for a million dollars. This bottle of wine has been aging itself in the International Space Station. And uh, that's what makes it so valuable. I don't understand that. Uh, you know, you could drink a bottle of wine in an hour, so that's a lot of money. Anyone who wants it, get in line. That's it for segment three. And on to segment four. <clears throat> this is a, uh, a couple of predictions of what might come down the future. The first is China and Bitcoin. How's that? Not Bitcoin itself, really, but the Chinese are working on their own version of a Bitcoin. See, there's a lot of Bitcoins out there, a lot of different names. The Chinese want to make their own and control it in China and make it their digital currency. A digital currency is a dream of central governments for a long time. And they will offer this currency as a way of payment to all of their Belt and Road countries. Belt, what are Belt and Road countries? It is the major program that China has for their overseas expansion. They have uh, lent money all over the globe, and any country they lend money to is part of the Belt and Road program. And uh, so when that money's paid back, they're going to offer doing it in the digital currency with a no-fee exchanges. I mean, just think of that. You can pay money, and there's no fee for the an exchange rate at all because it's the Chinese digital money. And, and that's a wow. That really is a wow. That'll shake up international exchanges, international currency exchanges around the world, uh, because people will be thinking about, well, who's next? You know, well, the United States, well, Europe, well, Japan, well, who's going to be the next digital currency? And in my opinion, this is the foot in the door for the Chinese to create their own global currency. This is it. This is what's coming. And they're going to give it the good housekeeping seal of approval by having all of their belt and road countries, so there's maybe a hundred of those around the country, or, or maybe 50 of them around the, nation, uh, the, the globe, who will start using it. Uh, that's amazing. That is, I mean, that's an interesting prediction. Second prediction. What will happen to junk bonds when the stock market implodes? Because, you know, it's, as I've always said, junk bonds will 
implode first and then stock market will implode a couple days later and <clears throat> and uh, interest rates will go crazy on uh, straight up and people will lose fortunes in junk bonds that's because a lot of people are desperately trying to get some kind of return of four percent on their money and they're buying junk and if it implodes they will lose all their money out of that junk so interest rates will go up and so we will easily see good junk bond companies in other words ones that don't go bankrupt ones that do continue paying their bonds and their bonds will be selling for 18 20 percent rate of return that will be a fabulous time to buy junk bonds you have to know which ones to buy but that will be it see junk bonds are currently paying four or five percent that rate is going to go up which means the value will go down almost to nothing that maybe you know 20 percent of what they are now to the so that the interest rate becomes 18 or 20 percent but we will buy only the best companies i that's something i will personally consider doing uh, and uh, it takes a lot of uh, evaluation on what is a good junk bond company because you can buy a piece of junk in a junk bond company which will go bankrupt the next day you need to know it's not you need to know it's solid and you can do that analysis that's it for segment four and on to segment five and on to segment five the six precursors to a market crash have any of these precursors started flashing watch out yet Let's go through them first and probably most important is the interest rate of the 10-year bond it ended at 1577 and fell what we're looking for here for a predictor of a market crash is a rising interest rate a significant rise i would say two and a half percent would be a watch out below type sign but it's at one and a half percent it's been as high as a one point one and three quarters percent but uh, it's kind of held, held steady here now for the last couple months. So it does not look like uh, the bond vigilantes that push this interest rate up are really working hard to uh, push this interest rate. So that is not forcing a market collapse right now. But there are other reasons a market does collapse. Let's take this one, high-yield bonds. What we know for high-yield bonds is when the value of high-yield bond drops precipitously, it happens just before a market crash. And uh, just the opposite happened. The valuation, there's a value of what the, of the total junk bond market is 9.06. It's the highest number we've had since we started following it. In other words, it's signaling the stock market is as strong as you can get. What a great place to invest. And uh, bonds are fabulous and safe. And don't worry. So no, that's not a precursor. Third one is the U.S. dollar. With the U.S., what we're looking for here is that the U.S. dollar falls precipitously, and uh, then that means interest rates are not interest rates, exchange rates will reflect higher prices, and inflation will come up because we import so many things. And and uh, and indeed, the U.S. dollar did fall uh, significantly this last week. It did fall significantly, and uh, but not enough to for me to, to signal it to me, I think, hey, you get to 125, 130 with the euro, uh, then it's going down. It's setting new records then for a weak dollar. It's not there. It's only at about one, a little less than 122 right now. The fourth precursor is the 
inflation rate in the United States, which is now flashing, flashing orange. It was, but we haven't had the April number. Well, it'll be coming out soon. Uh, when the April number comes out, we'll see how inflation's going. Uh, it's flashing orange. We have to wait for April to see if it is signaling much, but it, it would have to go up to maybe three and a half percent for me to get really excited and say, watch out below, the Fed can't handle it. But right now, the Fed appears confident that they're handling everything. Everything's cool. So no problem with the inflation rate, CPI. The fifth precursor is the Fed policy changes. What is a Fed policy saying? What are they doing? And the answer is there's no change, absolutely no change. They've been rock solid for all of this year, every single week this year. And they have continued that. So with no change, there's no change. If there's a change, and that change is an increase in interest rate, that overnight triggers a fall in the market. So beware below. They can't reduce it, but they can certainly increase the interest rate that they control the short term. The fourth precursor, I mean the fourth, the sixth precursor and last precursor is a bluebird. Any event that happens out there in the world that could cause a market crash. And we did have a little bluebird out there it didn't cause a market crash, but it's one of those things that got my attention. Did it get your attention? And that is, there was a major hack to the software that controls the pipelines on the east coast of the United States and stopped, the company who owns the pipeline, stopped pumping for a day uh, of gasoline, aviation fuel, uh, heating oil, all of those things stopped because somebody was hacking into their software. And this was their way of uh, protecting themselves, is to stop. Uh, so it shows their, their protection software. It wasn't great in this time. So if there's anything else out there that you saw, send it in to me. Be glad to report it. That's it. Tom Harvey signing off. The Economy Guy. One more week coming up in the future. It's going to be a great week. Be talking to you. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to hit that subscription button. This is Tom Harvey. I'm an investor and not a financial advisor. Nothing should be construed as advice or solicitation to make a trade in any market. And I disclaim any responsibility for any negative effect of decisions made by the listeners.